Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 503, and today I've got a special guest back on the show who's actually going to talk about how to grow an e-commerce business, Amazon business, to uh, $250,000 while still working a full-time job. His name is Kevin Sanderson, good friend of mine, also a referee, so be careful. He might call a foul on you. Uh, Kevin, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Glad I mean, to be back. We, we just hung out uh, a couple weeks ago. We were in Orlando together mm-hmm. at the uh, ClickFunnels mm-hmm. event, and uh, and we were talking, and uh, I was a little disappointed you didn't have your whistle with you. I had to call a timeout a few times, and you weren't there. I know. I, I, I should have <laughs> had the whistle and the flag. I should have had the black and white striped it shirt. It would have been so amazing. knew. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We got to get you. Uh, we got to get you a referee shirt with TAS on the back, and then with some flags, and we can throw a flag <laughs> at the meetups. That'd be and awesome. Stuff. <laughs> That would be awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it all under control. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, man. So yeah, let's, um, let's kind of, uh, get, I, I guess, caught up here on, sure. on the air. That's really what I wanted to do here. I, I know okay. a lot of people, um, getting started, talk about, you know, time, right? I mean, you've mm-hmm. got a family, I've got a family. Sure. Um, when I was building my business, whether it's this business or any other business that I've done, it's always been about, you have to sacrifice time somewhere and where does it come from? Because, you know, whether you're working a full-time job or you're running one business, but yet you want to start something else, there's always time, right? We all have 24 hours in a day. Let's, let's kind of, first off, get people caught up to where you're at and kind of what's been happening. And then I do want to drill into how do you do it when you have a full-time job? You know, how do you balance everything, you know? So let's, let's kind of dig in like, okay, so how have things been since we've last chatted? Um, and I'll, I'll link up in the show notes to anyone else that wants to hear the past episode. Um, uh, if you just go to the amazing seller.com forward slash five Oh three, I'll drop uh, Kevin's last, um, episode there. You can kind of get caught up there, but maybe just give us a little recap and then uh, get us caught up. Sure. Sure. So the, uh, the short of it is I basically got into e-commerce doing private label, um, about two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. uh, taking the money I had earned as a ref for one season and investing that into my first product. And the, you know, short of it is I've been reinvesting that in, you know, putting a little bit more money in where I can to grow the business to be more. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we last spoke, I had about eight SKUs and I've been expanding that, um, close to 40 SKUs now. And yeah. And, um, I I can, we can talk more about what I've done to expand that. And then I've, also expanded from the US, Canada to the UK, and then used the UK as a launching platform to go into uh, the other European marketplaces, which would be Germany, France, Spain, and Italy. And Amazon actually recently contacted me about going into Japan, which I thought that was kind of cool. They're calling me as opposed to me trying to figure my way out there. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, last year, 2017, was my first full year doing it. I started private label, um, in February, 2016 mm-hmm. and year over year growth from 16 to 17. Now it's not exactly apples to apples cause it wasn't a full year in 16, sure. but it was up about 150%. Wow. And you know, for the last 12 months, I'm looking at about $250,000 in sales. That's, that's awesome. And again, I mean, you're still working a full-time job. So, uh, just, yes. j- just so people know that like, and you're refing too, right? Are you still refing? Yes. 
still still planning on uh wrapping this fall in fact uh before we hit record we we're just talking about probably going to have some uh spring games coming up here for um at least in my area yeah they sometimes do spring training wow okay so you know you're a busy guy you got you got a family too right yeah, yeah. wife and two kids wife and two kids how, how old are the kids uh actually my youngest just turned three and i've got a uh seven almost eight year old yeah so you're busy Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. You are a busy, busy guy. I know that myself just personally from having uh, well now my, my youngest is 10. Um, uh, and then my, uh, my middle is t- going to be 20 in this month, man. Um, and then my oldest is 22. She'll be 23 in July, which is just crazy. Right. Um, so yeah, so yeah. we're, we're all busy and you know, I mean, like everyone talks about time, how do you do it? And that's really what I do want to talk about. Cause I, I mean, you're, you're refing and you're doing that. And how do you still become, how do, how do you still stay a dad um, and, and have your wife still um, not be mad at you? You know what I mean? Like there, there's right. all those things because we balance that stuff. I mean, I know I do. I'm like, well, I don't want to seem like I'm working all the time, but I'm trying to do this damn thing so I can have free time. But yet where's the free time? And it's kind of like all that stuff. And sometimes you're sacrificing time in the beginning so you can possibly, you know, be rewarded later with, with that lifestyle. Um, so, okay. I, I, there's a lot of stuff we can dig into here. Sure. Um, first off, like when you first launched, uh, you know, you, and now you say you have like 40 SKUs, I'm assuming there's variations included there. Yes. Okay. And I would say a lot of it is variation. So okay. I, I know you use garlic press and yep. fishing tackle yep. a lot as examples. Mm-hmm. So if it was fishing lures, it, you know, we can talk more about it, but it would be like, you know, having different types of fishing lures for different fish and mm-hmm. things like that. So mm-hmm. kind of within the same niche, but then niching within the niche and sometimes mm-hmm. niching more. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, now are you pretty much in the same market with your products? Yes. Okay. I would say my, my products, they might serve different audiences, but you know, the general concept, they're all the same niche. Okay. I would say. Okay. Okay. And again, I'm just, I'm kind of trying to see too, like even for you moving forward. So you're, you're building out something that if someone comes to you, they could, one customer could buy multiple products, not just one. Yes. Okay. And that, uh, thankfully happens. Yes. I love it when it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, that's big. Um, okay. So now you, you, you mentioned that, um, uh, that you went international now, what was the thought behind going international so soon, I guess, for me? Like, personally, I'm thinking to myself, because we haven't yet. I told you, in the, in the new brand, we haven't went international yet. And my whole thing was like, well, I, I want to get everything kind of running and growing on the U.S. side. And then I can take and bring the stuff over to other marketplaces. Why so soon for you, especially being a busy guy? And that's a whole other thing you got to figure out and all that stuff. Like, what brought you to, to do that? Well, I I guess I have a philosophy of I only have so much time, so I want to maximize the sales I can get in that time period. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the way I look at it is if Amazon.com is a cake, uh, Amazon.ca, which is Canada, Mm -hmm. would be the icing on that cake, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And I'm generally getting about 10 to 15 percent of my sales in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing in Canada. Mm -hmm. So that's without having to add additional minimum order quantities. Sure. So I'm selling through that same inventory faster. So more turns, sure. um, as time goes on and I don't have to find new products to go there. I'm just basically taking the same copy, the same photographs, the same 
keywords sure. that work here, work there. And I've pretty much found that it's almost take the same thing. It's almost copy and paste. It's okay. oversimplifying it. But okay. um, I, I found it's helped me. It's just that compound effect of, mm-hmm. you know, little things start adding up over time and lots of drops in that bucket will help fill the bucket up faster. Absolutely. Uh, and and as far as going, um, going into like the UK, for example, like, you know, so now are you shipping in two different sets of inventory, one for us, one for the UK and then, and then those additional markets? Yes. So the way I structure it and there's in Europe, there's different ways of handling it, but I, for that purposes, because I'm registered in the UK, not in the other marketplaces Mm -hmm. because I, um, import into the UK and I house my inventory into the UK. And then anyone that buys, let's say in Spain, their purchase is shipped from the UK. Gotcha. So for that reason, now uh, that's a whole other complicated mess sometimes. But if anyone's thinking about that, they should probably talk to an accountant. But for what I found for my situation, that's what's the simplest is to just go to the one country and ship to there and store there. And that's, and that's kind of, again, that's what I've heard others doing. And, and that's honestly, that's what we'll be doing, um, as well. I just think it, like you said, it's going to simplify the process as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Obviously accounting wise, we got, you know, that can get a little, a little goofy. And, uh, again, we'll probably have to talk about that at a later date. Um, but yeah, I mean, so my, my thought again, going into this interview with you was to re- like really focus on like the like, how do you do it? And, you know, being full time, still working, like, how do you figure out what you want to work on? And what I'm already gathering right now is you're trying to take what you already have and trying to leverage other platforms. So you really don't have to do any more work as far as finding suppliers, doing sample runs, you know, all that stuff, creating the listing pictures, all that stuff. You're basically just trying to figure out how you can push that to another marketplace. Exactly. Exactly. Just trying to be as focused in on the time I do have Mm -hmm. because, you know, I want to, I be married another 10 years (laughs) (laughs) and then some, um, you know, I want to be there for my kids, you know, especially the important moments. Um, you know, I like my job. I like the people I work with. I want to continue working there. So I, I look at it as, you know, it can be a both and as opposed to an either or having an e- e-commerce business, meaning mm-hmm. that you can do all these other things you want to do in your life and still have, you know, an e-commerce business by being crystal clear about what it is that I'm trying to do. So I try as much as possible and I, I, I get it wrong quite a bit, but I, I try to be very clear on, okay, these are the things that I need to get done, you know, this month, this week, today that will move the ball forward, that if I don't get the other things on my task list done and they just push off for another week, another month, it's not going to be the end of the world. Mm. So, you know, what are those things that are going to keep pushing that ball forward? Okay. And I, I think that's smart and that's, uh, it's hard to do sometimes, but yeah, I think once you get a clear vision now, you're kind of past the beginning stages that, you know, some people are facing, um, you know, as far as like, what market do I go into? You know, is it too competitive, uh, products, like all of that stuff. Um, if you were to start over today again from scratch, would you go in the same direction that you're in right now? Or is there something that you would change? I would say I would probably go in the same general direction. Now, the, the, the key of it is, is to look at it as, you know, if you're walking up the stairs in your house, 
you know, you're, you're going from one step to the next, to the next, to the next, not worrying about, okay, well, I haven't gotten to the landing yet. So I'm going to worry about, you know, the very top step, but I haven't even started, you know, up the stairs. Right. So I, I just try to be very focused on, you know, what is that next step and just keep focusing on that next step. Because I think where I see a lot of people getting tripped up is they worry way too much about advanced strategies mm. too early on. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you just launched your first product. Great. We'll now start focusing on, you know, PPC and maximizing keywords. You know, don't start worrying about, you know, products five and six and, you know, going into Europe, you know, right. just get, get launched, get some momentum. And then you can use that momentum, um, to, to then spin off to other places. Mm. Now, do you find, um, do you find now that you are kind of like focused on one market in a sense? I know you said you've got different audiences that could still probably purchase those products, but for mm-hmm. the most part, you're kind of like your direction is in that niche or in that market. Um, do you find it easier to think about what products to, to launch next because now you are focused on that market? Yes. And what I would say I, I do. So using fishing lures now, I'm not yep. selling fishing stuff, yep. but yep. If let's say I was selling bass lures and there are certain lures that might work well for trout. Right. And let's say they're similar. And I don't know if bass and trout. I know we're going to get we're going to get all kinds of hate mail on this one. (laughs) But let's just say for pretend purposes, (laughs) we could make slight alterations to the lure for bass mm-hmm. to, you know, maybe have a smaller minimum order quantity or be part of the same minimum order quantity for the bass lures to try out trout lures. And maybe we have a couple different colors cause we're not sure which one the market's going to like better, mm. but by making a small investment kind of in a, uh, I'm holding my hands together in circles, like, you know, overlapping circles. So sure. markets that would have an overlap, yep. but might still serve a different audience you know, what can I do to start serving a complimentary audience who might like both of my products or they might be just that product might open up to something else. So sometimes just putting a little bit of investment behind, okay, people are buying trout lures. So how do I do trout lures and then just keep going down that trail to, you know, maybe from freshwater to salt water or sure. something like that, you know, just start finding other ways to serve the market, even if it's not the exact same people, but you know, people that would overlap. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense because again, you've already done most of the work at that point. And now it's like, I've always said to people too, like your easiest, your, your, your easiest way to launch additional SKUs is to just run variations. But the second way is to really figure out a way to adapt that product to another part of the market. Um, and make it call it out as well. I mean, another example we could use is like if you went into the accessory, uh, you know, uh, you know, business for like, uh, I don't know, car parts of some kind, like you were going right. to fit it, you, you were going to fit it for a certain car, but yet mm-hmm. you could also probably add something to it that could be universally fit to another car. And now you, you're going to be able to then reach exactly. that, that part of the market. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like I said, you just, when you're doing this, you're going to do the work to find the manufacturer, find your supplier, your agents, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. When you do that, you want to try to leverage that as much as possible. And staying in within that main market, 
um, I think is key because then you can, I like to sub, sub, sub down and then start to work yourself back out of it if you can, because now you've got more, you know, you got more of a brand or you got more of a, you know, of a product suite that could lend itself to each other and makes it easier for you to then sell and cross sell and all that stuff. Um, so I love it. I, I love what you're doing and it sounds like you have focus. And I think that's a lot of times what's hard for people, especially when they're lacking time, they want to just get started and they want to climb all the steps and so they want to jump right to the top of the step and they don't want to climb those steps. Um, but you, you've kind of like broken it down. Has it always been like that for you though, Kevin? I mean, is it, is it always, it sounds like it's easy. Oh yeah. It's simple. <laughs> I never get it wrong. <laughs> no, actually I, I will say I've, I probably have learned to be very laser focused mm. through trial and error yeah. of, you know, a lot of times thinking, okay, this is that next step, whatever that is. And realizing, wow, I just wasted time because taking a step back, I, I've just come to learn that time is going to pass no matter what. Right. And we have to realize that is that I have this reminder of how time passes in my garage I have these two Nike four woods, which anyone that plays golf might wonder why would anyone own four woods, let alone <laughs> two of them. So I bought them back in 2004, um, on eBay thinking, you know what, I'm going to sell these. And the product research quote unquote that I did back then was to go on Nike.com. Yep. And I saw that they were selling for, let's say three 99 or something like that, like 400 bucks. And they were selling on eBay for 40. So I was like, oh, wow, I could, you know, and I didn't even know arbitrage was the word. Right, right. I could do like some sort of eBay to eBay arbitrage for this and resell it. But then after I hit submit and bought them and I bought two of them, I came to realize that, oh, my gosh, no one's actually buying these for $400. Maybe I should have looked at what people are actually buying on eBay, mm -hmm. not what Nike's suggested price was. Yeah. Um, and then what I ended up doing was nothing. And if I had at least just sold them for what I bought them for, then at least I would have said, okay, wait, I just made a sale here. Yeah. yeah. You know, then I, I could have started getting a little momentum, a little bit going, but basically I didn't get back into e-commerce, like actually selling anything to my first sale was made in 2015, mm -hmm. um, which was just a little bit of retail arbitrage I did just to kind of get my feet wet. So I lost... 10, 11 years that I can never get back. Mm. So that's probably one reminder for me that drives me and keeps me going of no matter what time is going to keep going. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not going to slow down because I want it to, it's going to be, I'm going to look back and say, Oh wow, I was able to do these things in the last 10 years or I missed the boat and didn't do anything. And that's, I think the, the harder regret to swallow. Yeah, no, it totally is. I mean, again, I think people get, uh, they get stuck in that. Well, you know, that didn't work or I'm just going to pause that whole thing. And then they look back and they go, man, I wish I would have just kept going with it. Cause I look how much further along I would have been. Uh, I exactly. mean, I mean, that goes with just like working out, right. You're like, you know, I thought about working out six months ago. Imagine if I actually right. did that like six months from now, I'd be pretty ripped, but I'm not because I didn't do anything. I thought about yes. it. You know, it's, it's the, mm -hmm. what's that Chinese proverb? It's like, you know, uh, the best, or, you know, uh, I should have planted a, a tree like 20 years ago, but the best, you know, the, the next best time is now, you know what exactly. I mean? Like it'll grow if you start, if you plant it and then you can look back 20 years from now and go, damn, I'm glad I planted that tree. 
Right. You know, but it's true. You know, we, we always can look back and we get kind of caught up in our day to day and all that stuff. But again, that's why I come down to figuring out why you're doing it in the first place. You know what I mean? I mean, what you're doing, you know, the way I'm seeing what you're doing is you're building a, a an e-commerce business on the side. Um, you're doing it uh, because, number one, you want to build another asset, uh, another revenue stream for your life. Um, but also, I mean, it's something that you could cash out eventually if you want to and cash in your chips and say, I'm going to sell this this business and then, you know, go on your so-called retirement or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're, you're building something that you could technically sell in the future if you wanted to. And it sounds like you're doing it right. So, I commend you on that. Um, all right. Let me ask you this for anyone that's listening right now that says, you know, it's great and all, but I just don't have time. You don't know me. I, I don't have time to, to do this thing. I want to, I want to have, you know, the, the freedom to be able to, you know, go to this event or I want to be able to be at my kids, you know, events, or I just want to be able to travel more or whatever, but I just, I don't have the time right now. Like, what would you say to that person? Like, if you had a buddy that said, you know, I just don't have time. You know, but you know that they probably do have time. What kind of advice? Well, here, here's the thing I would say to start with, and is uh, the the management theorist strategist Peter Drucker once said, "Whatever gets measured gets managed." Mm. So if someone actually took the time to write out everything they did in a day, now granted it would be hard to actually write everything you do in a day, right. but if you just at least made an attempt to be more intentional about figuring out where you spend your time, I bet someone's going to find more margin than they realize. Because what ends up happening is someone will realize like, okay, I just spent half my day caulking my shower. Well, is that something you could have paid someone $40 to do? Right. Uh, and, and that's a mistake I've made multiple mm -hmm. times, you know, doing these kind of DIY projects that maybe, didn't necessarily need to be done or I could have paid someone if I thought about the value of my time. Now, mm. granted, maybe that's something to do when you're maybe at step three or four, but not step one. Right. But also look at what are you really knowledgeable about? So I, I, I and this is something I, I, I challenge some of my friends with, like, you know, people that I've had friends tell me they want to, you know, get into e-commerce and things like that. But yet they know everything day in, day out of the 24 hour news cycle. Right. Well, how do you know all that stuff? It's because <laughs> you're watching the news. Right. And, and not to say we shouldn't be, you know, knowledgeable of what's going on in the world, but do you, you need to know everything day in, day out, mm. you know, because it can just kind of become soap opera. Or if you know everything in sports, like I'll be honest, although I know the rules of high school football and I understand a lot of how the game is played from like, you know, who's the best team in the NFL. You know, I, I generally have a good idea, but I don't necessarily know everyone's win loss records week to week. Right. I don't quarterbacks, um, you know, ratings of, you know, all the different quarterbacks. I, you know, I have a, a decent idea, but I, I don't know it all that intimately. So if you have intimate knowledge of something that's not necessarily serving you, I would say challenge yourself as to, you know, do I really need to know this much stuff? And then look at your inventory of the time you're spending and say, oh, wow, I'm spending a lot of time watching SportsCenter or watching Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever the case is. Or if, you know, you have someone says, you know, I don't have time, but they've got four favorite shows on Netflix. Well, <laughs> right. is is it worth it? Right. And maybe maybe not completely cutting it out, but saying, 
only this show is important to me, but the others I'm just kind of doing just to fill time because in this day and age, we're given so many little, um, rabbit, rabbit holes to go down. Yeah. <laughs> rabbit holes to go down. We're, we're like little, a, we're, we're like a squirrel chasing a nut. You know exactly. I mean? All these little shiny objects. Now we talk about shiny object yep. syndrome in entrepreneurial space, but just in the, just general consumer day-to-day space, there's yep. so many little things that are trying to vie for our attention, Yep. you know, it, and it's so easy to go down like these, rabbit holes like oh, you're yeah. saying it's so. it's 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 a distraction is, is basically what it is and i i actually pulled this up because i i had this installed on my computer for a while um it's called rescue time um okay and it's it's basically a piece of software that goes on your browser and it'll basically track um not even your browser it's your computer it'll track all of your activity on your computer so basically if you have photoshop it'll tell you how long you've been in photoshop if you're into an editing app it'll tell you that but also if you're on google it'll tell you that if you're on facebook it'll tell you that if you're on youtube it'll tell you that so at the end of the week it'll give you this itemized list of all of your time and where it was spent and that's awesome and now if you're if you're on photoshop and that's your job then that's where most of your time is going to be. But it shouldn't be on Facebook for three and a half hours. It shouldn't be on YouTube for 10 hours. You know what I mean? Like you don't realize, like you said, until you measure it, you don't really know. You're just like, I don't spend that much time on YouTube, you know, until you look at it and you go, holy crap, I guess I do. Maybe I need to give myself some boundaries. Maybe I need to tell myself I get an hour a day or I get a half hour a day or, you know what I mean? Like, I think you have to set boundaries with these Mm -hmm. social platforms and these things that we can be, you know, it's kind of like, you're, you're bored in a sense, which years ago we used to just sit there and kind of like just take it in. Right. We used to just take, right. it, you know, we used to, you know, m- maybe sit at the mall and you just people watch a little bit. Right. I mean, right. like you ever sit there and you're just like watching people. Like, oh, OK. Yeah. But, but nowadays it's like everybody's heads in their phone and you're on Facebook or on this one. You're on that one. Well, if you're sitting there waiting for your wife in the supermarket, why don't you just well, why don't you use some product research? Why don't you contact supplier? Why, like there's there's time. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how you manage it. And um, I think a lot of times, though, Kevin, I found, I mean, I talk to a lot of people that come up to me and they'll ask me, like, what I do and, you know, don't really know what I do online. And I usually just say e-commerce and like, oh, that's that's neat. Like, so you sell, pro- yeah, you know, generally on Amazon and, you know, other platforms, our own platforms. I don't say sales funnel or anything like that. I'll really get, right. you know, confused. But, <laughs> right. but, but basically, I'll just say that and then they'll be like, oh, that sounds cool. I'd love to be able to do that. And I'll tell them a little bit about it. But I know that they're just, they think it's cool. It's a cool idea, but they don't realize the amount of work that it's going to take. And they're not willing because they're comfortable. And I think if you're comfortable, you might not think you are, but until you actually start down that road, you're going to know within a first week if you're built for this or not. Um, and I think it all comes down to the reason why you're doing it, right? If you know the reason why you're doing it, you'll push through and you'll do it. But, and it sounds like you've kind of figured that out. Um, so I, I just like to try to reverse engineer, like why you're different than some other people that might say that they want to do it and they have probably less than you're doing, but they say they have more, you know, trying to get in the mindset, I guess. Sure, sure, sure. So one thing I would say on that is uh, maybe at the time this didn't feel like a blessing, but I look back and say this absolutely was, this was, as Tony Robbins would say, life happening for me, not to me Mm -hmm. is, um, Almost five years ago, I lost my job. I was working for a large company and um, I was in, let's say, somewhat of a middle management role. And when we got bought up by another large company, um, my level didn't exist in the new structure. Uh And so I got to feel firsthand what it's like going from 
thinking, oh, things are going pretty well because I lasted through the Great Recession, so to speak, then now when the economy is on an uptick, all of a sudden the rug somewhat is pulled out from underneath me and now all of a sudden I don't have that job. So for me, it gives me a little bit more of like, okay, push ahead, push ahead, push ahead, because you never know. Like as much as I think my job's secure now and I like the people I work with and I enjoy working there, I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm in the insurance business, but people have seen there's been all kinds of changes in the insurance business the last few years. And Mm so you never really know. And, um, I think one thing that trips people up is kind of getting into the mindset of someone who works for a big company, having worked for some, you know, fortune 500 companies in my career that everything's kind of guaranteed for you, so to speak. You mm-hmm. show up, the, there, there's a script of, you know, you do this, even, even if you're, you know, high level management, there's still somewhat of a script of, you know, this is what's expected of you. Um, these are the results that you can expect to see. And when you get into a more entrepreneurial space, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think people get this and, and I don't know that they know the word is fear, but it, it really is mm-hmm. this fear of like, what if, what if, what if, I try and it doesn't work out. So, you know, I hear these stories on, you know, the amazing seller podcasts and, you know, other podcasts and I, I watch YouTube and what if that doesn't happen for me? And I think that's a fear a lot of people have is just of being disappointed, Mm -hmm. but it's like anything. If you don't put yourself out there and have the potential of being disappointed, then it's definitely not going to work out for you. Right. But if you at least try, then you give yourself at least the opportunity to say, you know what, this, this might actually work. Mm-hmm. Cause then what ends up happening is if things don't work out exactly the way you want it to, chances are, it's not going to be a complete failure. There's going to be some sort of learning and then you could start making course corrections and potentially things will start working out pretty well. Then you start getting some momentum and then things all of a sudden, you know, start building up and you start picking up steam, but you don't give yourself that opportunity unless you at least start getting in the game. But too many people, um, you know, they're, they're concerned about getting in the game, you know, for whether it's fear of disappointment or, you know, we've been basically taught, I think in society, at least here in the U S that, you know, the entrepreneur is, you know, Bill Gates, right. Steve Jobs, Michael Dell, somebody, right. you know, Mark Zuckerberg, they left, you know, college to go all in on, you know, some company that brought them billions of dollars. So sometimes we think of it as like, it's this all or nothing of completely fall on my face or become a billionaire. But right. there's a huge, huge opportunity in the middle that there's no guarantees. Nope. And I think that's the hard part, yep. but by just putting yourself out there, you're going to end up with some result. Right. And by not putting yourself out there, you end up with no result. Yeah. And I look at it also as, you know, while you're going through this process, one thing will most likely lead you to the next. Right. I mean, I know myself personally, I can go through every single part of the journey since I was 
19 years old up until now, 45, and everything happened. And I don't want to say like it happened because that's kind of cliche. You're like everything happens for a reason. It does. But in the same breath, it's like you, what you do with it is more important. And I think then looking back at your journey and going, oh, wow, like that happened and that led me to that thing. So I learned that skill set and now I'm able to do this. So and I think for you, like one major thing that happened to you and you might not be doing what you're doing right now if you hadn't got let go. Right. It might not have opened your eyes to say, holy crap, like I guess I'm not as secure as I thought I was. I better have a like a little backup thing here or, you know, I might want to have another revenue stream here, um, you know, something going on. So something like that kind of might, you know, might have shook you up. And now you're looking back and going, if that never happened, I most likely wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Um, so I, I think we have to it's just depending on how we look at it. And I think everyone, everyone has certain things. But like you said, fear is one of the bigger ones, right? It's like, well, what if I do this thing and it doesn't work? You know, not then what? Well, then you like you said, you course correct. You figure out why it didn't work. Right. And then you figure mm-hmm. out what you're going to do next to try to make it work again. Um, and that could be pivoting to a whole nother market. It could be pivoting to a different platform. Maybe Amazon isn't your thing. Maybe you're going to go to a different platform. Maybe you're going to try eBay. You're going to be a power seller, or maybe you're going to uh, try to start learning sale, uh, you know, building funnels and you're going to make Facebook ads convert on mm-hmm. two, on two or three products. Like everything has its opportunity. It's just a matter of where you're going to spend your focus to make your situation work. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, all right. So let's, um, let's kind of, uh, wrap up here by you giving okay. me, um, and the listeners really just some advice, um, as far as like, again, you know, like right now, like you're at a place where you're still growing, like you're, you're still growing every, every day. Um, mm-hmm. and you've got things that you're putting in place to, to help you grow. But like if someone's at your situation right now or in your situation where you're up and running, you're kind of starting, you're, you're growing, what are, what are your things that you're focusing on that you would say to someone else that's kind of where you are too, um, to focus on to, uh, to kind of keep moving forward? So I'm looking to push more and more stuff off my plate because I'm starting to see the looking behind me, the, the growth I've had and where the potential for growth is ahead. And it's, it's a different ball game. Yeah. So right now I am the problem. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I, I, I now am to a point legitimately where a yes to anything is kind of a no to something. And that's even within my business. So if you take the time I have within my business, so, you know, I, I really have been working more and more trying to outsource. So I've hired a couple of part-time, uh, virtual assistants through free up, Mm-hmm. And, um, I've also now decided that I really need to, at this point, hire a full-time virtual assistant to, to help me so I can just keep that momentum going and start focusing more on what are those key things to do to, to move the ball forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I mean, a lot of times we have to get out of our own way and kind of let things go. Um, I don't know about you, but I like to have my hands on it. I like to know that that things yes. are being done and, you know, my way is a better way. And, you know, <laughs> right. whether it is or not, you know, it's kind of like one of those things. But I've also learned when I'm willing to let go a little bit, a lot of times we we do better. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not because it's a better job. It's just because then I can focus on more important things that are going to move the needle, in, you know, in a, in a bigger vision way. 
in a sense. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you shouldn't be probably packaging your own stuff right now. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you should hire someone part-time to do that for you because that hour that you're packaging, you could be sourcing a new product or doing your research for a new product or, you know, putting it on a new platform or or whatever, right? Like Mm -hmm. all of those things. Um, side note, how has free up worked for you so far? I had, um, Nathan on the show. Um, I haven't personally used them as of yet. Um, I'm thinking about it, but, um, we're about ready, but, uh, I was just wondering how has your result been? Uh, I've used them for a a few different projects. Um, and for the most part, I've had pretty good results, but it's like any outsourcing company. Um, you know, the, the more crystal clear you can be about what it is you need. Of course. Um, and I would say as long as they can have some level of basis for what it is the, uh, the person's doing and how well they would be able to test for that. Um, you know, I, just in general, like I've had trouble with translation services across the board sure. everywhere I've looked, sure. but for, you know, things like virtual assistant or, you know, somebody that can do, um, coding or something like that, I've had great results. Okay. So as long as they can validate that person, um, I, and I'm sure they have great systems. I'm, I'm kind of more assuming here, but, yeah. um, I've, I've had overall good results. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've heard others say that they've had uh, really good results as well. And I know that, um, Nathan talks a lot about, um, you know, they kind of weed out you know, like if there is any issues, they kind of weed that out and they're, they're always refining. So, um, and they, they want to hear if there's anything. So, um, yeah. So guys, if you're interested in checking out free up, definitely check out, uh, the amazing seller.com forward slash free up. And um, that'll direct you over to Nathan's page. I believe he's also given uh, TAS listeners a discount. So check that out. Um, all right, let's um, let's wrap this up. I know um, I know you're a busy guy. I'm a busy guy getting ready to head out of town again. Um, but um, I guess if you could give one last piece of advice, let's talk about someone that is just getting started. Um, and um, they're thinking to themselves, you know, I think it, it just might be too late to the game. And, um, I, I just, I don't think that it's possible for someone to go out there and build an e-commerce business in today's world because it's just oversaturated. What would you tell that person? I would say there's always going to be some opportunity. And to your point that you said earlier, you know, maybe it's not Amazon, maybe it's somewhere else, but I would challenge people that Amazon keeps growing. There was a, a website called Statistia. Um, where basically I just looked up Amazon sales by quarter and there was this graph and to look at where it is, even the slow seasons in 2017 were way more than like a year or two before like holiday season. Mm -hmm. So Amazon continues to grow. E-commerce continues to grow yesterday or either yesterday or the day before we were driving around and you know, there's a guy standing in the corner with this going out of business sign because the Toys R Us local to where I live, you know, is going out of business as is, I believe all Toys R Us is. Yeah, I heard that too. You yeah. know, and I was also thinking about the fact that I was going into this restaurant and there was this sign for here locally, it's called delivery dudes, but you know, other places have like Uber eats and you know, other yep, places yep. where people order food. I think because everyone is so busy and so, distracted that they want margin back in their life that having to go to a store to 
buy something or go to a restaurant. I mean, like even McDonald's now, like you don't even have to go in the drive through. You can just order it on the app and then pull into a spot and they'll bring it out to you. I know. Yeah. So that's just the way the market is going is that everyone wants things just kind of given to them. So if you can provide that, there's always going to be opportunity. And I think e-commerce is giving people that. And that's why people are shifting more and more from, you know, brick and mortar stores to people are buying on e-commerce. So is it too late? I honestly don't think so. And mm -hmm. I, I heard this question in 2015 when I was really starting to research, you know, you know, do I want to do a private label brand? And I will bet money if I look back in 2004 when I was, you know, buying Nike four woods, <laughs> <laughs> right? That there was probably that debate. Yeah. Is it too late now? Oh, yeah. Cause you know, the, dot com bubble that burst. So there's always going to be someone that says too late and there's always going to be someone that jumps in and proves that it's not. Yeah. And so be that person that proves it's not too late because I'm going to pretty much guarantee it's not too late. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. All right, man, let's uh, let's wrap this up together. I don't normally do this with the guest on, but I'm going to do it today with you uh, just in case we got to call a technical or well, that's no, not a technical in football. What is it? It's, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking basketball. I'm into the final four here. Uh, right, yeah. Exactly. So it's just a foul. I, I, just a foul. That's all. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, let's let's wrap this up. I want to thank you, though, once again, Kevin. Why don't you tell everyone real quick, though, how they can get in touch with you or follow your journey? I know you've been documenting it a little bit on YouTube. Um, go ahead and uh, let them know how they can get in touch with you. Oh, great. Yeah, thanks. So if if anyone wants uh, you know, get in touch with me, the best way to do it is I've got a YouTube channel called Maximizing E-Commerce. And if you go to MaximizingEcommerce.com um, on the homepage, there's a button you can push that'll take you to the YouTube channel. Um, feel free to leave a, a comment there. I read all the comments and you know, try to get back with people there as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I appreciate you doing that. And uh, again, even international talk, I think uh, we'll be definitely talking more on that as well because I'm, uh, we're we're about ready in the new brand. So um, yeah, awesome. I'll, I'll be definitely awesome. I'll be definitely hitting you up on that. All right, man. Let's um let's wrap this up. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and close this thing down. So guys, remember the show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash five o three. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 503 transcripts, show notes, uh, links, all that good stuff can be found there. I'll also link over to Kevin's page there. And uh, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. So as always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud. Kevin's going to say it with me on the count of three. Are you ready, Kevin? Oh, I'm so excited for this. <laughs> One, two, three, take it. Action. Action! Have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and we'll see you back here on the next episode. <laughs>